This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Hello, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again this week on Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelly Till, alongside my co-host and buddy, Dave O'Hara, and we are thrilled to have you here to join us for, I I don't know about you, Dave, but I am so pumped about our guest today. Uh, Katie Sowers is going to be joining us in our next segment. If you haven't heard about her or her story, you are going to want to stay tuned in. I'll give you a little hint. She is a assistant offensive assistant coach with the San Francisco 49ers. And I said, yes, I said, she is a coach in the NFL and she is amazing. So we are super pumped to bring her story to you because she fits the mold for too much grit to quit. Don't you think? Dave? Oh, Shelly, well stated. I am be, I do think so. You are correct. And I am, I'm like you very pumped. And, and I think a couple of things I'm pumped because as, as you and I have talked about uh, in past broadcasts, it's good to be on with a buddy like you, but also like-minded with our story. So it's, it's nice to work with whom you like folks. And, and that's, as they always say, if you do what you like and, and you like with whom you're doing it with, it doesn't seem like a job. And I think this week is one of those prime examples besides, you know, getting to talk about our stories on the air together, Shelley. What a story this is with Katie, and a couple of reasons why. She's a Midwest gal, so you know, as you know, my background, Shelley. I'm a, I'm an Iowa native, but a Kansas guy, a Kansas resident for 20 plus years. And you know, Katie is from the middle of uh, the middle of the country is where Superman was from, and she's right in the middle of North America, in the middle of Central Kansas. And she has a great background. Her dad was a, a women's co- small college basketball coach. Her mom was an administrator of a nursing college, and how she got into the rough and tumble world of the NFL uh, as a man would be enough with her background. But as you mentioned, as you said, yes, I said it right, folks, a female involved in, in the NFL. But I think the cool thing to that story, Shelley, is we are finally getting somewhere in life and society. And, and I've always been this way. I don't care if you're black, white, pink, blue, Martian, whatever. If you can do the job, you can do the job. And I'm so glad that Kyle Shanahan and some of the other people in, in Katie's life have wised up to the fact that man, woman, whatever, that she can do the job. And Kyle Shanahan, Raheem Morris, uh, Scott Pioli, formerly of the Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, boy, to have those kind of people in her corner, uh, like you said, I am beyond excited to tell this story, to have her tell our story that, with us today. Yeah, and in, in just in talking, obviously I have had conversation with George uh, Kittle. That's who we're talking about, people. He was on our last podcast. But um, as, as the tight end for the 49ers and, and his interactions with her and everything that he said and that everyone else has it, um, speaks so highly of Katie Sowers as a person, first of all. And to me, that's just speaks volumes. And, you know, you, we talk about grit on this podcast, obviously, and grit is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But anytime you talk about grit, you're going to talk about perseverance and being resilient and overcoming adversity. And uh, Katie's story is certainly one that fits the bill there. And and I just love when I was looking into her story and hearing, listening to some other interviews that she did. And, you know, she referenced um, this one hit home for me because she referenced, you know, her, her dad was a, a basketball coach, mm-hmm. a women's basketball coach. But she referenced, you know, back in the day, 
women didn't play the game of basketball the, the way men did. We started out playing the six on six version. And those of you from the lovely state of Iowa, as <laughs> I am, uh, know what that is. And I played that game. I played the six on six game through my sophomore year in high school. And, and she said, you know, at one point they didn't think women could play the game of basketball the way men do. And can you imagine if we continued to live that way? Now, that's no disrespect to the game of basketball that I played when I was growing up because it was a blast mm-hmm. and it taught me a lot. And there are things that you could pull from the six-player game, uh, one of them being the value of a dribble. <laughs> yeah. you only got two of them. That's right. But And, and to take that into the game. But, boy, if we, if we stayed that way, the opportunities – would be much, much less for women than they are. And thankfully, uh, uh, the state of Iowa changed for me, at least my last two seasons, was able to play the the five-player game, which catapulted me to be able to play the game that I love in college. But, you know, she references that as an example of change and progress and why it is so um, important to not just get stuck in in your ways. And she's certainly a trailblazer when it comes to coaching the coaching profession in general, I mean, there aren't a lot of women in professional sports, period, at any in any role. And for her to be an assistant coach, um, you know, and the other the other part of grit, and I think that stands out with Katie's story, is are you showing up in the world the way you want to? That's because right. If you are, then you're experiencing and you're showing, you're you're exemplifying grit. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to find out just from reading up on Katie, unlike you, I've not had the pleasure to talk with her or, or know a lot about her except what I've re- read and what I've heard in interviews that she's done. But uh, just the background alone, and you mentioned, you know, we're both from, uh, I'm a Northeast Iowa native, you're an Eastern Iowa native, and, and you're exactly right. I, we're of, uh, of the same age range, Shelly, and I remember uh, as a kid when they switched, we're switching from six-on-six six women's basketball, uh, our high school girls' basketball, to five-on-five, and I remember Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma in Iowa were two of the last states to switch and I remember people saying oh it wasn't going to work and they're going to lose the audience and you know I think back and you and I've talked about this Shelly I think in our first podcast or our first episode where Lisa Bluter the current coach and oh by the way the coach of the year national coach of the year in women's college basketball this past year at the University of Iowa like you played six on six uh high school Iowa girls basketball, then went to college and played five-on-five. And I think she's adjusted from the six-on-six game to the five-on-five game, okay? Wouldn't you say Coach Bluter's done that over the years? Yeah. Yeah, uh, just a bit. But, you know, she said something, Shelly, that really uh, inspired me, you know, in thinking about basketball and in reference to what you said about Katie. You know, Coach Bluter said when she played six-on-six, she and it's kind of similar to Katie's story about playing with with the boys in the neighborhood and and Coach Bluter's older brothers. Coach Bluter said, like like you, Shelly, she had to – go back and relearn the six-on-six game because all she played growing up was five-on-five against her brothers and the neighborhood kids. And, you know, Katie has that similar story where you and I talked about this off the air that I've read and heard her tell the stories of she had to try to find anybody that would play with her and her twin sister to play football because they were two girls. They didn't care, male or female. They just wanted to play football when they were kids growing up in central Kansas. Yeah, and that reminds me, too, of – Megan Gustafson's story. Yes. Uh, when she grew up, she was in such a small town um, in northern Wisconsin that she there wasn't a girls' team and a boys' mm-hmm. team. And when she was little, she played on the bo- with the boys and and dominated them. And as she she jokes, made some of them go home crying because they were getting. <laughs> she was just so aggressive and so physically strong with them. But I love, you know, it, I look back at my own childhood and we didn't have organized 
basketball when I was young other, you know, until I got into, I didn't even touch a basketball until I was in seventh, sixth and seventh grade. And so, and that was just, you know, the school team, but, but you'll learn out there on the drive in the driveway, or we had a hoop that literally was in the street. Mm-hmm. It was in the cement facing the street and on an angle. So you'd play, get all the neighborhood kids out and go out and play against each other. And, you know, it, it wasn't a foul unless you were on the floor bleeding and uh, couldn't get back up, uh, uh, scraped from the from the blacktop. But, you know, just that's how you learned how to just, you know, stand up for yourself and, and be tough and and overcome adversity at that young age, going up against the boys and the girls in the neighborhood. It was just and it was a blast. And you played the game um, just because you loved it. And so, uh, you know, when you don't have those opportunities organized, you made them. And I actually kind of miss those days. I think kids are missing out, actually not being able to not that they're not able to but they just don't do it anymore right like just go out in the street and rough it up and you know what if a, if a car's coming you play play through it and around it and get out of the way and let the car go through and get back out on the floor <laughs> you're exactly right and if you just tuned in this is too much great to quit she's uh my friend and co-host shelly till i'm dave o'hara and again uh find us on social media and all the links are there if you just go to our twitter handle at too much grit to quit and that's those are the digits too uh and then you'll see the links to our facebook or you can go to uh too much grit to quit on uh via facebook as well and all our links are there for instagram facebook twitter uh and then of course we're at much grit at gmail.com if you need to send us uh, uh, any, uh, as Shelly and I have talked about in past episodes, if you have any suggestions for us as far as guests or stories of grit, by all means, please reach out to us. But, you know, Shelly, it's interesting. There's two points that I want to make to what you had just said. When we were kids, and I'm not knocking video games or anything else because there's a market for that. So I won't even go to the old low-hanging fruit of get outside and get off the couch. It's also sometimes, and I have nothing against involved parents, but sometimes the, the helicopter parents that don't let let the kids organize their own activities. I think they're like you just said, Shelley. I was raised very similar, very similarly in small town Iowa, like you were. That we went out and made our own action. You know, we we put our own teams together. I didn't play organized sports either, like you. And I, I guess I did play little league baseball when I was like in fourth and fifth grade. But I didn't get to organize sports, as you mentioned yourself, until junior high age. But we organized. I mean, we were like our own little general managers. <laughs> we were, you know, trading players and picking teams and calling kids from a town over and going over and picking them up with our parents. And you know, we just got together. There were no structured play dates. We just any able body, male, female, we just put it together. And we had a blast. And as you said, I think sometimes kids today are missing out on that. Exactly. And, you know, it's talk about learning resiliency. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you know, you're not you don't have referees there calling fouls or umpires calling balls and strikes or outs. You're doing it yourself. And, you know, it's just it's funny. I saw a quote here recently and I thought it was so true. It's talking about resiliency being like consuming food. You ingest the experience. You digest it, you keep what's beneficial, and you excrete what isn't useful. Well, I like you that. Move on. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and yeah, and then you move forward. And I think that, um, you know, uh, growing up like that, and we're going to hear Katie's story, and I'm sure she's going to have a lot of um, anecdotal growing up being tough kid stories as well, because you don't get to the NFL, uh, first of all, period. You don't get to the NFL without overcoming adversity, but doing it uh, as a woman. Um, is is pretty remarkable, and so I'm excited to hear her story, uh, uh, you know, and just to highlight what is possible when you actually get out there, get through 
uh, adversity and show up in the world as who you want to be. Well, yeah. allowing other people to tell you who you are. It well stated. That's right. As you and I have talked about in weeks past, uh, perception is not always reality, and you got to get out of your own way and don't let everybody else pigeonhole you to where you are. Know your strengths and, and play on them, and sometimes create your own strengths or create your own opportunities. So, <laughs> hey, as we run to this first break, Shelly, and as we mentioned, when we come back on the backside of this break uh, to a new segment, and, and the third segment will be with Katie Sowers. She is an offensive uh, assistant coach with the San Francisco 49ers at the NFL. NFL and uh, she is Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara and we'll be back with more Too Much Grit to Quit and Katie Sowers in just a few moments. Hello, welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I'm Shelly Till alongside Dave O'Hara and we, as we mentioned in the open, we're super excited to bring you an amazing guest today with a absolutely inspiring story. Our guest currently in the third season of the NFL. She joined the San Francisco 49ers in 2017 as part of the 49ers Bill Walsh Minority Fellowship, where she started out working with the wide receivers. Katie is just the second woman ever to hold a full-time NFL coaching position, and we are super thrilled that she's joining us here on Too Much Grit to Quit. Welcome, Katie Sowers. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We are, as I mentioned, so excited. You can hear the excitement in my voice. I'm all about women breaking barriers and glass ceilings and just, you know, following their passion. And so I, I just cannot wait to dive into your story. And well, I appreciate it. Well, and Katie, as Shelly just said, too, it is so exciting to have you because of the stories. And obviously, we've talked at, at great length uh, on other programs, uh, Shelly and I together and uh, individually, about Becky Hammonds in the NBA with the Spurs and now your story. And, and I'm going to let Shelly fire away and I'm going to follow in. But yes, I will echo exactly what Shelly said. We're, we're beyond excited to be talking with you. Well, thank Hi, you Katie. for having me again. You bet. So why don't you start off by just sharing, uh, I, I know I kind of give a, give a little brief bio, but just give us um, an idea of what your current role is and what you're doing. Yeah, so I am, my title is offensive assistant coach, so I, I mainly work with the wide receivers, but I, you know, I kind of help out wherever um, in terms of on a day-to-day basis, you know, I'm mainly in the receiver's room helping, um, you know, Wes Walker and Miles Austin with that group. They're new to the to the offense, so it's been great to have them added in as coaches. Um, but then, you know, daily I'm, I'm breaking down film. I'm helping with scout team throughout practices. Um, like, you know, typically, I don't know if, if you guys have done a lot with, with breaking down film, but, you know, on the offensive side, what you look at is you, you look up the team's defenses that you play. So I'm basically breaking down all of – anyone who's played against the defense that we're going against. And, you know, if they had a different defensive coordinator at that point, then I'm, I'm looking at another team's defenses and breaking that stuff down. So it's a, it keeps me on my toes, that's for sure. You know, when we talk in this program, uh, Katie, Shelly and I do, and obviously having grit, and I, and I believe uh, – Shelly's uh, son-in-law so put it aptly last week that sometimes showing grit isn't always pretty. And, you know, you and I were joking off the air, Katie, about uh, our roots. I'm an, I'm an Iowa native, as is Shelly, but I, I spent uh, over 20 years of my professional life and still own property in Kansas. And so I know the area you're from or, or in in Heston, Kansas, just north of Wichita, uh, north of Newton. I can get even specific between Newton and McPherson, for crying out loud. But it's interesting how you and your twin sister, how you came 
came about this with the love of football, and that's not always, you know, at least back in your youth, that still wasn't uh, common day uh, occurrences of, of now we, we have, as Shelley mentioned, women breaking the, the glass ceiling and wrestling and now football. But um, was that just treated as normal around your, around Heston, Kansas, about 4,000 population? Uh, what was that treated like growing up when you first got into football? Well, you know, as a grew up in a town with two stoplights, if anyone knows where <laughs> Heston, Kansas is. So, you know, it <laughs> definitely didn't help with my driving skills at all. But, um, <laughs> in, in, you know, football was just something that was a natural passion of my, my twin sister and I. Like, my dad never played football. My mom was never involved in football. Uh, so where I actually learned the, to love the game was – was basically watching the Dallas Cowboys when I was little. I was a big Dallas Cowboys fan for some reason. I'm, I'm not a Chiefs fan? Oh, my clear. gasp. That, that's no. a blasphemy yeah, in Kansas, Katie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, and my, my twin sister was a Denver Broncos fan. So it was <laughs> I, it was quite interesting around the house. But, uh, you know, we would go out into the yard and we'd play one-on-one. Because, and every Sunday after Sunday dinner, we would – make a list of all the neighborhood boys in the area that would maybe possibly want to come play football with us. A lot of them would, would leave crying, unfortunately. So I think <laughs> the number dwindled uh, I know, love very it. quickly. And some guys would say that they were playing and then they're like, no, I'm going to be the ref. You know, we have a bunch of people jump in the, at the ref job. But, uh, but yeah, it was just always a natural passion growing up. And I, you know, even our youth, boys and girls there was no youth football league growing up so a lot of the kids that I went to school with didn't have a chance to play football until high school so there was no youth league that we could have joined to play with the boys when we were younger uh it was all you know kind of in the backyard playing and and learning the game on our own fascinating I have to ask uh, sorry Dave I I have to ask um as you mentioned your neither of your parents played and so was there ever a time when they tried to discourage you from playing it or have they always been go for it kind of kind of parents with that my parents have always been in terms of, of anything that you're speaking of they're, they're always about happiness first of their children that's their number one goal and when we showed a lot of interest in football they never really seemed to think too much about it uh i have christmas lists that i would just i wanted a dallas helmet, Dallas helmet, Dallas helmet, Dallas helmet. Like, that was the list yeah. was my Christmas list was Dallas helmet. And uh, I really, I just wanted to feel like a real football player. And I remember one Christmas, my dad and my dad got all this old gear from the college he coached basketball at and all this old football gear and, and put it together for Christmas gifts for my twin sister. And I it was one of the best Christmases ever. And, you know, they're probably looking back, it's probably some old stinky, you know, used stuff, but to us, it meant so much just showing that our parents accepted this kind of odd passion that we had, uh, but, you know, they were willing to do whatever it, just to make sure that their children were happy. You know, Katie, I got to say, and no, Shelly, I was wrapping up. I just got caught up in my admiration saying, that's wonderful. So, no, you didn't step on me at all. But, you know, I think it's it's uh, fascinating, Katie, when you talk about your love and affinity for the Cowboys. You know, I, I don't want to take you back too far because I'm uh, older than you are, but I, I hope you've lost that love for the Cowboys when the Niners play them. You know, that was quite the rivalry a few years back. So uh, you, that's out of you now, right? Long gone. Long gone. <laughs> I thought I'd better check on that. You know, I, we don't want any yeah. tea 
We don't want any T.O. running and spiking the ball on the Dallas Star or whatever, you know, all those things back in the day. But but no, it just, uh, okay, I just had to make sure because otherwise (laughs) Shelly would finish this interview and call her son-in-law pretty quickly here and say. She would get some flack for that one, I have to say. Uh, I had to go there. I had to go there. But, you know, it's just, it's such a fascinating story, you know, when you talk about uh, getting into football and, and, and fighting societal norms and that type of thing because, you know, women's basketball, as Shelly and I talk about quite regularly, and, and now football. And, and so I, I, I think the thing I look at, it and, and all the the right, uh, oh, I don't want to say the right people, but, you know, the Scott Piolis of the world or the Raheem Morrises, you know, who admired you from, from your football knowledge. And, and, you know, that that's the thing. You know, I, I know I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but do you foresee what you've done? And then we mentioned Becky Hammonds with the Spurs. You know, the things that you went through, it took a few special people to believe in you or to help you get, you know, started in your career. Uh, as I mentioned with the Scott Pioli or, or Raheem Morris, do you see now what you've done that, hey, this is going to start breaking that, to Shelly's point earlier about breaking that glass ceiling and getting women more involved. Obviously, we have NFL officials who are women. Uh, we mentioned Becky Hammonds in the NBA, uh, although I still think, for my money, Becky should be a head coach somewhere, and she's still one of the top assistants with the Spurs. But I, I know we've got a long way to go, but how do you see the future of this going for women in the NFL uh, with coaching specifically now that officiating and coaching has, has been taken care of with you? Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see a day where – You know, you have a a woman coaching a men's team, and it's no different than, you know, say you have a woman teaching a class or a man teaching a class. It's something that shouldn't even really be thought about. You know, obviously, I think we are getting closer and closer to that day, but we're still a ways away. But coaching is teaching. I mean, point blank, that's what it is. It's teaching, and it doesn't take a Y chromosome to teach. Right you now, or to, and so uh, I think one day once we get used to the idea that anyone can teach, you know, as long as you you have knowledge of the game, you know how to teach. You're you're a good communicator. You're a good leader. I mean, you have the skill set. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I think one day we'll get to a point where a woman coach is not a headline. It's just an, another everyday occurrence. And Shelly, I have one quick follow-up, and then I'll step aside. And, and again, if you just tuned in, this is Too Much Grit to Quit. Is she Shelly Till? I'm Dave O'Hara, and we are pleased to be joined by Katie Sowers, the uh, uh, offensive coach with the San Francisco 49ers. And we'd be remiss if we didn't at least um, broach this subject. And, and I know you're you're open about the topic, and I don't want to get into a, a whole discussion about it, or as, as much or as little as you want to talk about this. But you've kind of broken, you, you've broken two glass ceilings in reference to being a female involved in the NFL as a coach, you know, we've had officials and, and as Shelly mentioned, another female coach, but you're also openly gay and, and you're the first person to break that NFL barrier and male or female, that would be my next question. Besides females being involved in the NFL, do you foresee a day where that's going to be, you know, and again, that that's someone's own privacy, but since you're open about this, uh, I, I have to ask that question. Do you see this changing societal norms or moving forward in the NFL besides females? Now, also with openly gay people absolutely i think the more the more people can be true to who they are and they don't feel like they're living a lie i I think we become better as you know coaches better as leaders better as friends better as support uh just being true to ourselves and i've you know after i came out i guess publicly which you know to me i didn't know it was going to blow up like it did but you know i had 
actually a, a male coach who's no longer coaching in the NFL that came up to me and he's gay, but he's not out about it. And um, he just, you know, told me how much it meant to see someone being open and, and gay in this uh, career field. And it, it meant a lot to him. And so that was, I think what we're going to see more and more people that are just, you know, they're okay with being who they are. You know, it's not something that you have to display everywhere, but you know, it's, it's who you are. It's part of your truth. Maybe I love that. And I love the fact that um, as Dave mentioned earlier about you're inspirational. I mean, you, you've been inspired to, to follow your path and to be true, truly who you are. And, but you've inspired others. And just recently the uh, Tampa Bay hired two female uh, assistants as well. And so I, I just, you're very humble and I love that about you, but I just want to know when you, do you, do you even absorb what you've done in terms of not, you know, not only just for women, but for the LGBT community and the barriers that you've broken that you have truly inspired other women and other uh, people to come out and to, to do these things that, as you mentioned, you know, used to have gender norms attached to them. What does it mean to you that you've been an inspiration for these other people? You know, it means a lot. And I would, I would say, I I don't think it has quite sunk in yet. Uh, I think my goal on a daily, on a daily basis is I think it's crucial that we all just follow our passion because it makes society better. It makes us all better as people, as workers, as, you know, whatever we do, we spend most of our life working. So you better love what you do. And, and a huge passion of mine is making sure that who you are, whether it's your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, that stuff does not limit your opportunities. And and oftentimes you have to see an opportunity to know it exists. And to know that I'm able to be that visual for a lot of people, it, mm-hmm. it gives me energy to keep moving forward, especially, you know, if the long days, long hours, uh, it gives me motivation to keep going. You know, well, I have to say, yeah, go ahead, Shelly. Uh, just, I just want to follow up with that because you mentioned the word passionate and you, you know, you're obviously passionate about what you do and, and being at work and hardworking. And um, when I was, I was speaking to George um, prior to this and just asked him about you and I said, give me some words that describe Katie. And he just rattled them off and it was driven, passionate, dedicated, focused. And the one that I, I loved was he said, hardworking. He said, she is never not working. Every time I see her, she's doing something. And and he followed that up very easily with she just fits in. And he said that you respect everyone and everyone respects you. And um, I just thought that was such great, a great compliment because that you're, you're telling us that that's who you are. You're telling us that that's why you do what you do. And other people see that in you. Yeah, that means a lot. I love George. He's... <laughs> He's too nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear to it. You know, he's talking. You're talking to his mother-in-law, so that that's nice to hear. But uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I want to let everybody know too. And, and Shelly and I obviously have our information. I want to get out there before we run to our first break. And, and gosh, time goes so quickly, Katie and Shelly. And I, I hate to be the arbiter of time, but we got about uh, 30 seconds for our next break. So let me do give you some contact information for us here on uh, Too Much Grit to Quit. But what a great, gritty story we're hearing right now with Katie Sorrows. And we'll be back with more after this next break. But you can find uh, Katie's fine work and just check her out uh, via Twitter and all the links and everything are there for her.
her or Instagram and everything else. So just check her out at Katie Sowers, and that's K-A-T-I-E-S-O-W-E-R-S, and you'll find all her uh, great information there. But Shelly and I, our great information via Twitter and face, uh, Facebook is to the digit, too much grit to quit the digit. So too much grit to quit. Also Instagram to, now we change it up on you, T-O-O, and then much grit, and then the digit to quit. And then via email, muchgrit at gmail.com. And Shelly's got a nice link um, upcoming for you uh, that, that is a, a link tree uh, that is going to be on our, our uh, Twitter as well. And you can click on that, and it'll take it all our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So Shelly, I would say instead of child-proofing it, you've Dave-proofed it. You made it so simple that even... <laughs> Even I can figure it out. So, I'm hey, here for you, Dave. well, here I for tell you, you what you, you, we talk about Katie's story. You're, that's inspiring that you're able to do that for me because I am a social <laughs> social media is tough, but you're making it easy for me. So, Katie and Shelly, if I can get you to hold on one second, we're going to run to a quick break and be back with more too much grit to quit. She's Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara. We've got Katie Sowers, a 49ers offensive assistant coach, uh, with us for the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll be, we'll be back with the ever popular much much more in just a few moments. Welcome back. To too much grit to quit. I'm Shelly Till alongside Dave O'Hara, and we have a just an amazing, inspiring guest with us, Katie Sowers, offensive assistant coach for the San Francisco 49ers, as we mentioned earlier. If you're just tuning in, she is just the second woman ever, ever people to hold a full-time NFL coaching position, and she has been so kind to join in with us today. And Katie, um, we mentioned in the in the first segment a little bit about your family. You mentioned that you have your sister Liz. Uh, tw- twin sister Liz, and she's currently playing for the Kansas City Titans. Is that correct? That is correct. And the Women's Football Alliance. And you used to play for the Kansas City Titans as well. I heard you were quite a baller. I, you know, I, I, you were I a tried. baller. <laughs> <laughs> I tried hard. What's your most memorable <laughs> moment as a player? You know, it would probably be when I actually played for Team USA, uh, and we played for the uh, it's the World Championship in Finland is where we played in our, I believe it was our second game against Germany. We actually got to play Germany on July 4th, which was just a really cool date to play. And then also just to represent the country. But I also, I earned team MVP for that game. I was playing safety at that time and I got five interceptions in one game, three ever hey. for touchdowns. Hey. So it was a good day. <laughs> Germany so gonna- was very nice to me. When are they going to put you over on the defensive side of the coaching staff? <laughs> you know, I can I, anywhere they need me, I can do it. So <laughs> it's nice to have a, an all-around knowledge. So I, I'd, I'd be happy to go over there at any time. I love that. And your sister Liz is a quarterback. Is that correct for the Titans? Yeah, this is her first year playing quarterback. Actually, she was wow. my go-to receiver when I played quarterback for the Titans for a few years. And uh, so, yeah, she's a, a stud athlete, and you know. Having her first go at quarterback, she hasn't won a game yet, but she's going to get there, and it's coming. Wow. You... We, we, would be, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that you have a nephew named Henry. Yes. We, <laughs> I, I have yet to meet this little hairy guy, but uh, little squirrels. And, you know, I, I think my sister has a little bit of Snow White in her with uh, these animals coming out of the woodwork. But, yeah, a, a little baby squirrel just came up and – I guess now she now now Henry is part of the family and he's also Instagram famous. Oh yeah, he uh, he has a lot of followers already. His Instagram is squirreling around with Henry. I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's 
quite interesting that, you know, he'll go climb in the trees and then run up my twin sister's leg and, and he feels at home. <laughs> well, you know, before we get to more family, because I know we obviously want to talk about the great grit and struggle your your dad, uh, uh, Floyd, has shown. Um, and again, you talk about Instagram or social media famous. What, a, what an inspiring video that is. And Shelly's going to get to that in a second. But I wanted to ask you, you know, you said you, you, you were a former player on both sides of the ball. And, hey, it's nice that you talk about your sister being a stud. But, man, three interceptions of the game, Shelly. I don't know. That, that sounds like a stud to me. But, you know, you, you also were a former uh, – uh, you were the GM with the Titans as well. Well, and I know that's the natural progression for a lot of coaches is, you know, wow, you talk about breaking, you know, a glass ceiling as a coach, but uh, I don't want you to, to think too far into the future. But is it difficult for you not to think that, hey, maybe uh, after coaching, I wouldn't mind getting into a front office position? How uh, earth shattering would that be? You know, it, it it's definitely something that I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say is not not a possibility. Uh, I, I love you know, the whole personnel side, I, I had an opportunity to be a scouting intern for the Falcons throughout the whole year, the, the mm-hmm. year that we went to the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. And uh, and I loved the personnel side, the administrative side, the uh, front office side. So, you know, who knows? Maybe down the road, we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see what happens. That, it, the future is always wide open on that, and I just I had to to sneak that in there because that always you hear that from a lot of coaches. That's always the end game motivation, and you've had that in your background. So uh, go ahead, Shelly. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I was just uh, Dave had had kind of did a, done a teaser. Um, we talked about your sister Liz, but wanted to just uh, if you could touch on the story um, you posted about your dad, and um, I just I was so touched by the story where. Um, you know, because you had your dad so proud of you and your accomplishments and so looking forward to, um, you know, watching you on the sidelines as a coach. I'm sure he was bragging you up. I know I had a dad like that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. They just get so excited uh, to share the story with everybody. And then he had an unfortunate um, setback with his health. Can you just just share that story with us? Yeah, so actually, it's gonna it's coming up on a year uh, this Memorial Day weekend. We last year we uh, I had an extra day off of work, so met up with my family in Kansas City. My my dad won a, a golf tournament that morning, and they were living in small town Heston. Drove to Kansas City to meet me because I was flying in, and we were just gonna celebrate Memorial Day weekend as a family. And uh, my dad ended up having a massive stroke uh, when he got to Kansas city. And so uh, little did we know that, that he would never end up going back. Um, They, my parents ended up moving into my older sister's house and, uh, you know, had to, had to care for my dad. You know, his, his stroke was so major that where he's at right now, which he still can't speak. And, um, you know, we're working on, on walking and, but it's even better than we would have ever guessed, you know, or, or anyone looking at his scans would have ever guessed with, with how much damage there was. But, you know, you have my dad who was my, he's the reason I'm, co- I'm I want to be a coach or, you know, I, I went in this direction and because he was, a, he was a coach. And so it was something that I always knew. And he, he always instilled that in me, that, that just ability to coach and to lead. And uh, he you know, I would get so annoyed. We'd walk around the airport, you know, wearing his 49ers hat, and he would just mm-hmm. try to, you know, start conversation. And uh, it was just, he was, he's my, he was my biggest fan. And I think 
you know, it's a struggle that he he can't brag about it anymore because he he can't speak. But you can tell that uh, it, me being here is still one of his motivations to get better. And uh, my goal is to get him back to a game in California. Uh, hopefully when we play Atlanta Falcons, which will be a day after his birthday. So it might be perfect if we can make that happen. <laughs> and what's the date of that game? December 15th. December 15th. All right. Well, we are yeah. going to put a call out to everybody listening to throw up prayers, good vibes, everything you can for Katie's dad, Floyd, and, and to get him to San Francisco, San Jose on that December 15th game for the Falcons. And uh, um, I know that everybody will be rooting for him and what an incredible story and just a, a wonderful man. And clearly you have learned grit from a lot of your challenges and a lot of the things that you've overcome but your dad I think is probably the epitome of what grit means oh absolutely there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about everything that he's gone through I mean perspective on life has changed completely over this this last year you know to know that you really you have to figure out what what's the true meaning of of what you're doing every day and when you see someone that you love struggle with with something so painful and you know, to be kind of stuck in a shell of your body and not be able to communicate it. Um, it's horrible, but it gives you perspective and it gives you motivation to, to not give up and to, to do things for, for other reasons. Yeah. yeah, well stated, both of you. You know, and, and Shelly, I'm not a scorekeeper, but that's about the twelfth uh, showing of grit during this whole segment with Katie, besides her own, and now her dad, and, and her sister, and the family, and her mom. You know, it's interesting. Boy, it sounds like Dad was quite the study. Wins a golf tournament in, in retirement age. Holy smokes! The whole family is loaded <laughs> yeah. with athletic talent. Gee, many Christmas. But hey, if you just tuned in, yeah. this yes, yes, this is too much grit to quit. She is Katie Sowers, and uh, she is our guest this week, Shelly Tillis. Uh, my friend and co-host, and I'm Dave O'Hara, and and you know Katie is the uh, an offensive assistant coach with the San Francisco 49ers, a nice Midwest girl from the right, almost where Superman's from, from the middle of the uh, middle of the country in Central Kansas. So there you, uh, there you go, a great reference point for you. So, but you know it's interesting, Katie. You know when we talk about um, with sports and your background and, and going in, you know your your dad was the uh, women's basketball coach at Bethel College, and your mom was an administrator or or was a, a director of nursing, a director of the Heston uh, Nursing College back there and in Kansas. And boy, you, you've got it all around you with, with that type of motivation and, and motivating other people. And as you mentioned, coaching, just kind of being in your blood and being a leader, a quarterback, your sister's a quarterback. I mean, for me, taking a look at your life story thus far and, and where you're headed and what you're doing, the inspiration is all around you. But when you take a look at dealing, and you just got to get right into it, when you're dealing with men now, and I know you were scouting and and working in, a, in another capacity uh, with with uh, Raheem Morris and, and Scott Pioli and, and, and Kyle Shanahan and, and looking at talent and scouting talent. But when you get to the day-to-day operation, again, this would be another form of grit. Did you, could you tell any form of any type of, she doesn't know what she's talking about, not because she's a coach, but because she's a woman or, you know, you don't have, uh, you know, the, the larger physical stature. Could you notice anything tangible like that or even on a subversive or did you just not care and just plow right through it and say, I'm here to do a job? You know, a lot of it is you, you kind of have to not care in a way, mm-hmm. because if you stop and get, and, and get sensitive about every little thing, 
uh, it'll really, really slow you down. And I think one thing that I've observed is just a lot of times we will often assume that a woman doesn't know something until she proves that she does, mm-hmm. whereas a man, oftentimes we assume he does know something until he proves he doesn't. And so it's just been, as long as we're aware of some of those stereotypes that we have or that, you know, we might have a stereotype that a woman might not understand football as much as a man, as long as we're aware of those stereotypes, I think that's what is the most important. It's not that we have to avoid those conversations because the conversations have to be had, but being aware and and just being able to talk through some of those things and understand, you know, why we might look at somebody differently or ask somebody questions that might be different or set the bar lower. As long as we're aware of that, I think we can, we can get a hold of, of that problem and and make it easier for our society to, to not build those walls or those barriers for people based on their gender, you know, their race or their background. Yeah. Well stated. Katie, I'm here. I'm curious. Um, Obviously we, the whole platform for what we're doing here is too much grit to quit. And it's, um, you know, I, I'm always, I'm all about creating this platform this, as a safe space for people to share. And I call it their non-sugar-coated versions because a lot of times, I think, especially as women, we kind of tend to sugarcoat things because we want to make it sound better than maybe it is or, or maybe not uh, highlight the struggles that we've gone through. So I'm curious for you because I know you probably have a ton of them, but when you look back at how you got to where you are today, can you tell us about a time where you just met with a, a challenge or an adversity or maybe even a naysayer or, or, or more than one, I'm sure. And it just got you to the point where you almost felt like this isn't going to work for me or you were doubting yourself or your ability to get to where you wanted to be. And, and can you just share kind of what that was and what was going on? Yeah. So I, what comes to mind when, when I kind of think about challenges is my whole mindset is that, we all are going to come across, you know, a, a block in the road or some sort of challenge or some sort of upset. But to me, that's a part of your journey and, and it leads you to where you need to go. And for me, it was, I, for the longest time when I didn't know women could play football, you know, I, I thought it was kind of a lost cause. I had given in that I was maybe going to be a basketball coach. And I actually, my a college basketball coach uh, sat me down and told me, you know, we got rid of all of that in terms of gay people. And because of my lifestyle, he didn't want me around the team uh, after when I had, I had asked if I could volunteer as a coach. Mm. And and when he told me that, and this was, you know, a, a Christian school, and uh, I was, I, I guess that was kind of the first point in my life where I thought, wow, like my dad was a coach, I was a captain, you know, how can somebody not, I'm, I'm asking to give my free time to a team and, and they are turning me away. And, and for the first time I felt like I was kind of at a standstill and I didn't know where life was going to take me. But, you know, in the end, I actually should thank him for, for having that conversation with me because that whole situation in terms of, you know, being turned down, feeling like I failed, uh, that was part of my journey, and it led me to where I am today. And, and if that wouldn't have happened, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. And so no matter what it is that we go through within our lives, the struggles, that's all a part of, you know, if one door doesn't open, another door will. And, and that's kind of the way that I looked at it. 
And I, and I love that because I am such a proponent of taking your pain and turning it into purpose. And I'm just curious to take that one step further for people that are listening who might feel that same thing or might be going through that same kind of adversity. What was it that you did specifically to overcome that and to push through that? So I just remember one day trying to figure out what was next for me because I, at, at that point I felt pretty lost with my future. And sure. I know a lot of people out there, no matter what age they are, you know, sometimes struggle with where am I going in this life and, and what am I supposed to be doing? And I remember sitting down and deciding that I would just look up football because I had, I had remembered seeing a clip of a women's league on TV. Like it was some ESPN highlight uh, and, so I, I was living in northern Indiana. I figured, why not just look up to see if there's a team close by? Uh, and and that's when I found the team in Michigan where I first started playing West Michigan. I would drive an hour and 15 minutes uh, from where I was living in Indiana and to go play football. And and so that's what I ended up doing is I just had to I had to put my mind to looking for something else. And and often it's just getting past that hump of you know, feeling sorry for yourself, feeling like you've been wronged, um, just putting that aside and using it as motivation to just really find your new path and, and find that path that you're supposed to be on. Well, I'll tell you, uh, that is, <laughs> I'm, we're a little blown away, Katie, uh, to say uh-huh. the least. And, and I, and I got to say this to you, and I'm going to hold you, your feet to the fire in front of God and everybody here uh, on, on a podcast and a broadcast. We got to have you back at some point when it works in your schedule, because we're just, uh, I, I think we're just starting to peel the onion here with you, if, if we could uh, impart with you on that at some Absolutely. point in time. That, that's awesome. Well, as we wrap up this segment, this show with you, uh, and again, it's too much grit to quit. Uh, I'm joined with Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara. And we we are pleased to have as our guest this week uh, Katie Sowers. She's a, an offensive assistant coach, assistant coach with the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL. And, and Katie, I would say this, is, and we've got plenty of time for this, and, and so take your time. I would just be curious to kind of dovetail into what Shelley just brought up and a great story, great stories, unfortunate, as, but then they turned out to be great for you to, as motivators. What would be your, uh, as we walk out the door here and say our goodbyes in just a few minutes, what would be your end result or your advice to anybody listening today? Uh, any thoughts that you have or you're not even really advice just any thoughts that you may have I guess one of the the main thing that I, I really want people to understand is perspective is so important in terms of any events that happen in your life you know the only thing you can talk about things being a burden or you know things but really the only thing that we carry with us is our thoughts and, and the way that we perceive the world. And, and so I think things are always going to go wrong. Things are always going to go in ways that you don't want them to, but it's how, how we view it and how we take it in uh, that's really going to really gonna put us on that path to where we want to be. And, and so as long as our thoughts are basically on par with our dreams, you know, I think that that's, that's going to be the most important thing uh, to, to really create the success that you want. And, and also, wherever it is that you're at in your life, it's important to find where you're valuable. I think oftentimes we get happy with, you know, looking ahead. And, you know, I could spend all this time planning out being a head coach, but I'm not that, if I'm doing that, I'm not making the best out of today and finding where I'm valuable today. And, and so that's the most important thing is, is, be present in each moment and then also 
you know, find find your value and find how you can't be replaced and, and you'll find success. Oh, that is just perfect. And, you know, and Shelly and I talked last week about George and, and, a, and a former major leaguer that I'm still very good friends with and co-host another show with Bob Denier, getting out of your own way, like you said, being focused and, and finding your value. And sometimes we get caught up in the perception, as you mentioned, and that's not always the reality. So Katie Sowers, just fantastic stuff from Shelly and me. Uh, we can't even begin to say thank you enough. And again, listeners, yes. please, yeah, please go to at Katie Sowers via social media at Twitter, and you can find all her uh, links there. It's K-A-T-I-E-S-O-W-E-R-S. And again, uh, Shelly, we've got to remind the listeners to please subscribe. Again, go to uh, our various platforms uh, uh, via Twitter, Facebook, Too Much Grit to Quit, the digits two, and then uh, two in both that, and then uh, Instagram, two, T-O-O, Much Grit, and then the digit two quit, and then uh, via uh, email at muchgrit at gmail.com. Because, Shelly, as we talked about, George Kittle is giving away two <laughs> game-worn autographed gloves that he wore, wore last year to set the record uh, for the uh, most yards receiving for a, uh, for a tight end in the NFL. And, Katie, uh, we should have you sign them, too, because you're a part of that being an offensive assistant. you got to take some credit, right? Exactly. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll take all the credit. <laughs> I, I do I have to tell George. Sit <laughs> down. Yeah, George actually did tell me. He said, you, the only question I need you to ask her is who her favorite NFL tight end is. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's a tough one. But I'm going to have to go with Travis Kelsey, right? You know? <laughs> uh, well, she does have the Kansas background. <laughs> well, I was going to say now that, uh, what, uh, not what's his name, but uh, the tight end for the Cowboys is coming back, Witten. He's uh, coming out oh, of retirement. Yeah, yeah. So she would either say oh, Witten yeah. or Kelsey. That's right. So, oh, did you hear that, <laughs> Shelly? Katie acted like she didn't know. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, you knew that. Katie, don't act like you don't know. But I, yeah, I, I actually knew that. <laughs> Lose that cowboy affinity, but no, seriously, uh, listeners, please go and subscribe on our podcast again. As Shelley mentioned, if you just go to our Twitter at Too Much Grit to Quit, all of our links there for Instagram, Facebook, and everything else is there. It's less confusing. Just click on that and hit subscribe. We'd love to have you, and then you could win those yes. gloves in the middle of June after OTAs. So. Hey, ladies. Katie, uh, I, yes, go ahead. I, I just want to throw this in here, Dave. Katie, I just want to say thank you for being here because your story, what you just did for us, is exactly why we started this. It's it's messages well, and stories like that. yours that we want to get out to the world. So thank you so much. And we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in coming back and you know, helping out any way I can. Hey, and, and to protect that, Shelly and Katie, I'm, we're recording this, so she's got to come back. We've got it on recording that she's going to come back. So <laughs> there you go. She said it to me and she said it to you, but uh, Katie, I can only echo what Shelly said. And just, I really uh, greatly appreciate your candor and just being so open about everything and letting us know your struggles because that's part of what Shelly's message has always been is being vulnerable and letting people in. And uh, boy, warts and all, we greatly appreciate your story and, and keep persevering. I mean, you are a true champion in every form of the word. So thank you. And I only can echo what Shelly said. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you, guys. It's our pleasure. For Shelly Till and Katie Sowers, I'm Dave O'Hara. Too much grit to quit. That's all from us. And thanks to all of you. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams.